you're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I am Michael Smeltzer. I'm here with my right-hand man, Matt Hartwell, and I've got some very special guests this week as well. We've got a great sh- show for you guys today. We are going to talk about Michigan basketball, so, but, but hang tight. We're going to talk about some other stuff that's a little bit more inspiring. We're going to do Michigan basketball player grades uh, and coach. We'll throw Jawan Howard in there at the end as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the big recruiting weekend for Michigan football in Ann Arbor this week. And then we're going to wrap up the show talking about our top five favorite basketball players that we've seen play at Michigan. But before we get going, let's say hi to our guests. We've got Josh Ogdahl and JD in the house. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Thanks for having us. What's on. up? Yeah, thank you. We're doing great. How about you? Man, doing, doing good. Matt, how you feeling? I'm feeling great, buddy. Very excited to have our guests on and... Uh... And get some of this Michigan Michigan basketball out of the way, and get on to some more inspiring things. <laughs> yeah, Something enjoyable. it was a, right. It was a miserable game again. Um, I, I've been saying for a long time now that that this Michigan team has an identity. Uh, unfortunately, that identity is not good. Right? It's like they do the same thing every single game. There was a point in that game yesterday. Uh, so. For listeners, uh, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you know what happened. Michigan blew another double-digit second-half lead. There was a point in the game where they had a 96.7% chance to win, according to uh, ESPN, and we've seen this happen time and time time again this year. My, my interpretation of what Vanderbilt did to Michigan is, you guys know when you have like a horse. I didn't grow up on like a farm or a ranch or anything, but... <laughs> But you got a horse that breaks his leg, and and what do you do? You ju- you just you just shoot him in the head and put right. him out of his misery. Like that's what Vanderbilt did to Michigan basketball yesterday. Unfortunately, um, let's go let's go around and get get some uh, initial reactions. Uh, we'll start with you, Josh. How how are you feeling? I guess that's a dumb question, but how are, how mean, are you feeling about Michigan basketball? The feeling is obvious. I feel like it summed up the whole season, and you know it was kind of crazy because. We got, it was announced before the game Kobe was out. People probably didn't think we had a chance, so I was impressed, but they played so well for, I don't know, probably 39 out of 40 minutes. But you got to play well for all 40, and um, I think the stat is I think we've had seven games now where we've had at least 80% win probability at mid-game, and we've lost. So it's just kind of frustrating that it's kind of – I'm trying to think of a good word for this, but it's kind of, like, impressive how, like, that's the season, how the season ends, you know. The season ends <laughs> the way it's gone all year, you know, blowing the lead. So it's frustrating, you know. There was a lot of high expectations for this team. You know, people really thought this was a team that was going to be improved from last year. And um, we got some work to do, especially if we've lost both Jet and Kobe. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it, it is impressive. Like, this team is highly skilled at blowing games they should win. That <laughs> That's for sure. And then... Uh, do you, uh, JD? Do you prefer Jordan or JD? I'm not sure how to how to introduce you, man. Uh, you can call me either one. I mean, JD is fine because that's just what I have on Twitter, so I guess that works. <laughs> cool, man. How, how are you? Uh, I guess what's your assessment of this Michigan basketball loss in the NIT? 
I mean, it's it's been really tough to watch this year because I feel like all year they've been like so close, so close. And like Josh said, that was like a fitting way for it to end just because that's how it's gone all year. But I, I really thought they were going to win that game, though, when they were up by nine there at the end. But once once it got down to within like three, I was like, here we go again. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What can you say? I guess it's it's been a frustrating year. So just have to try to look forward to next year. Yeah, man, it's wild. Like when I'm watching a uh, one of these March Madness tournament games and a team is up by like six points with like three minutes left, I'm like, oh, they've got this in the bag. There's no way. There's no way they're gonna give this up. And I'm watching Michigan and they're up like twelve points with 37 seconds left, and I'm like, ah, they're gonna blow it. You know, they're gonna. It's like, oh man, it's just been one of those years. Uh, Matt, you and I have talked extensively about this team any any final comments on basketball season is over uh how, how are you feeling about michigan basketball well you know it's uh like jd was saying he thought we were gonna win and it's like famous last words right you know for every michigan basketball game uh really in any scenario any talent caliber this season Michigan has just played uh, as if they're going to win the basketball game. And this game, this NIT, whatever it was that we watched yesterday, uh, it was the end of it was just like a bad car accident. Only it was like a classic Michigan game ending, but in NIT mode, you know, like the officiating just kind of walked through like just a slow car crash that is the end of a Michigan basketball game. And they lost the lead, lost the game, uh, and it was just the perfect, like like Josh said, really, like it was almost comically bad, you know, how, uh, how it ended. And it, you just couldn't write a more ridiculous ending to the Michigan basketball <laughs> season. So I'm glad it's personally over. I tweeted out at the end of the game, like stuck between wanting this W and just wanting the season to die. Uh, and that's pretty much how I felt. So I'm personally glad it's over. Glad we can get to improving upon next year and seeing what that brings. Well, now that the season is over, it's a really good time to evaluate the team on a player by player basis. And, and of course, we can take a look at the coach as well. Uh, so I'm going to run through these names. We're going to go rapid fire around the horn. Um, we'll go we'll go back and forth. Uh, you know, I. For for anybody listening, so uh, Josh and JD they they have an amazing uh, podcast with Blue by Ninety that they do with Lexi. Do you guys want to quickly you know tell us a little bit about that podcast before we before we get going? Yeah, um, it's called On Stadium Boulevard. We upload on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All you really have to do is look up Blue by Ninety. We're on the Blue by Ninety network, so look up Blue by Ninety, and um, we're there. You know, it's kind of just like a casual, fun take on Michigan sports. You know. We might not go as in depth about like the X's and O's, but in the end, we just kind of try to have as much fun as it. Try to get you really just get you guys hyped up about Michigan sports. You know, drink the Kool Aid a little bit. Heck yeah, JD! Uh, before you hopped on, Matt and I were talking with Josh about doing a crossover episode one of these days where oh. we'll get we it'll be the four of us. We'll get Lexi. We'll just record the whole thing and then blast it on on for both you know both of our listener bases. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be really awesome. Yeah, thanks for shouting that out for us too. By the way, yeah, you got the front the front end promotion. 
most people don't get that. Normally, we wait till the back of the show for it. So that that's the VIP treatment here on the Big House Bleachers podcast. Hey, we appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> well, let's get right into these player grades. I'm gonna I'll hop back and forth from the on Stadium Boulevard guys to the Big House Bleachers guys. Um, let's start with Hunter Dickinson, uh, JD. What's your player grade for Hunter Dickinson this season? That's an interesting one, but I think I'm gonna give him a B plus. I think he did a pretty good job. He's probably the best player on the team, but as times it seems like he maybe lacks a little energy. I don't know if it's just because he didn't plan on being here for three years or what it is, but I'll stick with the B plus. Matt Hartwell, Hunter Dickinson. Um, I'm right there on the money in my notes. I actually have a B plus for Hunter and really any shortcomings I can come up with him for uh, account for the defensive end of the floor, really. So all in all, I'm very impressed with Hunter's year this year. I think he stepped up big in moments that a lot of people didn't. So uh, shout out Hunter, B plus for him. Josh? I'm going A minus. You know, I thought he had an incredible year, especially down the stretch. You know, it wasn't very noticed because we kept losing. But like, if you look at Indiana, you look at Illinois, he was playing out of his mind in those games. So, I mean, his production continued to increase. His three-point shot, he shot over 40% from three this year, which is really well done. So, he ended, he was in the end, he was honestly one of the best offensive bigs in the country. And, yes, he has some work to do on the defensive end, but I want him back next year, no doubt. Yeah, in a vacuum, uh, it's the player grade is an A for me, but unfortunately, we're not in a vacuum. A leader is judged by his his team's performance, right? So, I... I can't, I can't in good faith give him an A for this season because he's the leader of the team. He's got to be held to a higher standard. So I give him a B plus. I'm right there in line. It kind of sounds like we're all pretty, pretty close. Uh, B plus. Yeah, I hope he comes back too. We, we, uh, we shall see. Um, Jet Howard, JD, what's your grade for him? Um, I would say probably a C plus. I think he started off the year really hot. And I thought I was going to grade him a lot higher than that. But his defense is really lacking. Um, I know he put out that tweet the other day about his injury and stuff that he dealt with all year. So maybe that's partly to blame. And also, he's a freshman. I mean, we saw Kobe Bufkin's progression on his defense this year. So there's definitely room for him to improve. But I would say like a C plus. Matt? I have uh, Jed as a C and really just... The same reasons. He's a defensive liability. For some reason, I just don't see him meshing with the success that the Michigan Wolverines have had on offense this year. I think he's very good offensively by himself as a, a product where like all the offense goes through him. But uh, really, at this point, I think he kind of he weighed the team down a little bit this year, and that's no testament to what kind of player he is really or how talented he is but i'm giving him a c for now josh how you feeling about jet yeah i'm with jd on this one um c plus if we were grading it on the first few games this season yeah way higher but it seemed like he kind of just lost interest towards the end of the year and um lots of defensive lapses like you guys were saying there's a, there was a, there was a play in the indiana game he like Turn the ball over. I don't know why this place sticks. He turned the ball over. And he was just kind of like jogging back on defense. Wasn't really trying to go back, get a stop. So it was just little stuff like that effort. And um, I don't want to say we were necessarily better without him, but you could kind of see 
there's a little bit of a difference in the games he was out. Um, but he's going to be an incredible NBA player, and I wish him nothing but the best. I'm assuming he will be a player. So nothing but the best for Jet, even with struggles. It really does feel like he's going to declare, doesn't it? When when they said uh, Kobe out with an ankle, Jet out with an ankle, Isaiah Barnes out with a leg, all I heard was draft, draft, transfer, right? Like that's that's kind of how I felt when they made those announcements. But we'll see about Kobe. Kobe's the one that's a, uh, maybe a little bit of a question mark, but he's probably gone as well. Uh, Jet Howard for me. I give him a B, just a straight B, because, I mean, he's a freshman, right? Like, the the offensive numbers that he put up, he was like A-plus on offense as a freshman. Uh, you guys mentioned some of the struggles on defense, and, and so, I don't know if it's just the style that he plays. Some guys look a little bit more casual when they're playing, um, and I think that irritated a lot of Michigan fans, but I don't know if effort was actually a problem. I think it's just kind of the way he looks. He has that nonchalant kind of like swagger about him. And so, um, but on defense, he he has to improve. So for me, it's a straight B. Um, I mentioned Kobe Bufkin. He's kind of the third person in that trifecta. Um, although Doug McDaniel, we'll get to him. He's kind of earning his play, earning his place up there on the Mount Rushmore. But uh Kobe Bufkin, uh, JD, what's your player grade for Kobe? Uh, I'm going to give him an A. Um, I don't know. I might be a little bit biased. I'm, I graduated from the same high school as him, and I watched him play in high school a lot. But um, his improvement, though, this year has been incredible. Like I said earlier, his defense. And he's shown now that he can be like the guy you go to when you need a bucket really bad. I just felt like we watched him grow all year. Um, I'm disappointed that he didn't get a chance to play in the tournament because I think he really would have had a chance to shine. but. Yeah, definitely an A for him. He he had a great year. Matt, are you also high on Kobe? I'm very high on Kobe. For me, it's a B plus fringe A, just because I don't have any players on this list that are an A, because when it comes down to it, this team underperformed this year. I don't really consider any of them like A guys this year. But uh, I mean... Kobe's very close. Um, the only thing that really holds him back for me from having that A status is that uh, that pass. I think it was at the end of the Illinois game that pass where he had the ball in his hands and uh, and he tried to get it to Hunter. I believe it was, and Hunter wasn't even anticipating the pass. I think stuff like that. I don't know if it's like bad coaching, like he was overcoached to like and overthought something that he was planning to do or what happened in that scenario but it shows that there's still things that Kobe can improve upon you know and uh some things that he could do differently i really hope we get him again next year i don't i doubt that'll be the case but we'll see i'm very high on him i think he's almost an a though fringe fringe b plus type player yeah, we need to like light some incense and say some prayers on the show or something <laughs> like mana manifest Kobe coming back next year because I think we all agree that we we just want to see him uh, in March, uh, the real March. Um, Josh, how are you feeling about Kobe? Yeah, Kobe gets an A minus out of me. Um, to go from not even being on any mock drafts to being a projected first round pick that's that's impressive, man. And I don't know. Like I like Jordan. I'm also from Grand Rapids. Love seeing a hometown guy succeed, and um, he kind of he could take over games. Like I feel like MSU game, he had that clutch shot. The Wisconsin game, he was 
that we won when Hunter hit the Miracle 3. He was hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. And um, I can't think of a more improved player right now, really, in the country. I mean, I haven't watched basketball like I should this year, college basketball. But he was um incredibly fun to watch. I really hope we get him back next year. I mean, yeah, it's it's let's just hope we get him back next year because this team can be – I think the success of next year's team can really – depend on it, whether we have him on the roster or not. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Josh. Kobe, Kobe gets an A- minus from me. He's by far the most improved player on the team. Um, I would say he's the best offense-defense uh, combination on the team as well. Like His perimeter offense and ability to get to the rim mixed with his uh, perimeter defense. Like it, I mean, he is a long guard defender. Uh, really excited for him. Even if even if it's in the pros, I'm excited for him. Um, I I do think that that if he stays another year at Michigan, he'll be a lottery draft pick. And so maybe maybe it comes down to can he get a little bit of NIL money and funds, you know, for his junior year enough to where he's willing to take the risk and uh, hold out for maybe a higher NBA draft pick because. He's definitely going in the first round if he declares. The question is how high in the first round and how much money you know will he have guaranteed. So that'll be interesting. Um, I want everybody to be careful about what they say about this next guy. Okay, <laughs> uh, Terrence Williams. Let's do some. Let's do some player grades on Terrence Williams. JD. Well, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to drag a kid or anything because I know it's really tough to play D1 basketball, but I have to give him a D. Um, I don't know. I think for a junior year, that was kind of unacceptable um, just because of how much time he's been able to play in his career so far. He should, I feel like he should be doing a lot better. Um, I don't know. It just seems like he just didn't step up so many times when they really needed him to and it's just been disappointing to see um, just because of how highly touted he was coming out of high school. But um, yeah, it's just really tough to play D1 basketball, though. And I don't know how that feels because I've never played, but I have to give him a D. Matt, T. Will. It's a D for T. Will. And uh feel so bad for Terrence Williams. You know, it's always bad whenever uh, a Michigan parent ends up getting on Twitter and like feels the need to like defend. Uh, their kid and stuff like that. You never like to see stuff like that, which was what I saw when I got on Twitter at like 1130 last night. Terrence Williams dad like going off on Michigan Nation and you just get tired of seeing shit like that, you know, Uh, but I will grade him as a D. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, he was kind of build uh to like midway through the season to come in as like a takeover like sixth man type guy and that never really uh never really established itself or anything so uh it's a d for me for terrence williams and uh hope good luck to him with whatever he decision he makes for his future josh yeah um I'll go with a C minus. I mean, it, 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 it was, it's kind of crazy. I feel like it was a pretty clear regression. Because I, I think about the Tennessee game, those two huge putbacks he had, you know, like he seems like such a good guy, like energy guy off the bench. And Juwan tried to trust him with a starting role, and I just don't think he was ready yet. Um, and then they tried to switch him back to the bench role, and he just wasn't performing. So I don't know if it was just a lack of confidence, you know. Um, 
I do feel bad for him for how much he struggled this year. But if you're a junior and you've been playing heavy minutes since your freshman year, you know you should be better. So that's about all I got to say. It was it sucks, but and if he comes back, I hope he improves. If he transfers, I hope he succeeds. Whatever happens, I wish the best for him. Yeah, I think I speak for everyone here when I say, like, of course, like, we're Michigan guys. We're rooting for Terrence Williams, right? Like, we got his back 100%. But we talk about sports. That's what we do. We have sports podcasts. And so if I'm going to give an honest grade, uh, I'm going to give him a D, right? I mean, he his at times he showed some flashes of of uh, defensive prowess and ability to rebound. He, he's got a, a decent shot at times. Um I wish he wouldn't fade away from the basket so much. I mean, that sometimes I feel like he really needs to get to the rim. Um, but yeah, he really struggled this year, right? Like he, Juwan sent him to the bench and then he seemed to be like that ideal sixth man off the bench. But even then he struggled and then he showed a little bit of, you know, what we used to see in the NIT tournament, which was interesting, right? He kind of came out with some swag at moments there. But uh, Terrence Williams, from what I've heard, is not transferring. That's what I've heard. Now, granted, you know, it's been a tumultuous season and so anything can happen. So uh, we wish him uh, the best of luck with us or without us. He's, you know, he's one of our guys. Uh, let's lighten the mood a little bit here. Let's talk about Doug McDaniel. Uh, player grades for Doug, JD. I'm going to give him an A also. Um, it's just tough when you're a true freshman point guard and he had no expectations of starting this year, I don't think, because of Jalen Llewellyn being ahead of him. I'm pretty sure he just assumed he'd be kind of coming in off the bench for him, but he got thrusted into that starting role pretty early on, and um, he has grown so much. He has proven that he can be a leader of this team, and if you look at his numbers this year, they compare like so similarly to Derek Walton's freshman year numbers, and um, I just think he's been very impressive, and I'm really excited about him going forward. Heck yeah, Matt. I have uh, Doug as a B minus. And, you know, really, like when I'm grading these guys, like I'm thinking of like Trey Burke as like an A plus, you know, or like an A, you know what I mean? So if I'm grading him in that aspect, I'm probably giving him a B minus. And really, like in large part, it's just because of the turnovers. The guy like turns the ball over and like in the last Vanderbilt game, goes on this crazy 10-point scoring run and then just surrenders this god-awful pass where he's trying to, like, get too cute with it. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, he kind of lives and dies by this play style that he has, uh, that he's had this season. And uh, I think in moments it's flashed tremendously, and then in moments it's it's bitten us in the ass a little bit, which he will improve upon. The kid's only a freshman, so big ceiling for Doug McDaniel this year. I'm giving him a B minus to start out. Josh, Doug McDaniel. Doug gets a B plus out of me. Um, I think the potential for A type seasons is 100 percent there. You saw, you guys all saw the flashes. It's in it, you know, the way his his speed, you know, the way he really improved his jump shot towards the end of the year too. I thought was really impressive and how he took on a little a little more of a scoring role. You know, he had that game where he had 20 I think that was against Wisconsin he had 20 points but he um I really love the way he improved his jump shot the way he looks to get better and um 
like Matt said, the main issue is turnovers, but turnovers are always fixable. And um, he seems like a, a guy that could be a four-year point guard, starting point guard for Michigan at this point. So I hope we get him for four years. And it's going to be fun if he does, because I think by his senior year, he's going to be one of the premier, premier guards in Big Ten. Yeah, for a team that unexpectedly lost Frankie Collins last offseason, Doug McDaniel is exactly what the doctor ordered, right? Like, he's got the energy. He's a little spark plug. Like, I am team Doug, Dougie Fresh, Dig Doug, whatever you want to call him. Like, that is my dude, man. Like, like if somebody's talking shit about Doug McDaniel, point him out to me. I'll get in a fight right now. Like, I'm ready to fight somebody for Doug McDaniel. Um, Four-year starter, I agree, because his height will probably keep him out of out of the going pro early. Um, and and Josh, you mentioned like he he's deceivingly uh, good uh, at scoring, right? Like he's, I, I, and maybe it's like the Xavier Simpson memories that always I always think these little floor general point guards don't have good jump shots, and then and then uh, Doug will pull up and he just drains long range jump shots like I, i'm very high on him uh i feel what matt is saying like it's hard to give anybody on this team an a because of because of like you know the season was just so harsh but i'm gonna give doug mcdaniel a straight a just because of the circumstances right like he was gonna be the backup he ended up starting he was kind of like the the best player on the team at times and so it was it was interesting to watch his progression. Um Joey Baker, the transfer, Joey Baker, uh known as a shooter. We we get him in and and the ceiling seemed really high for him. JD, how do you grade Joey Baker? Uh I'm going to have to go with a C for him. I feel like at times he's flashed that he can be pretty good. Like he can hit so many open shots sometimes in some games and then there's some games where it's like he can't get anything to fall, and we've seen even a few air balls, and it's just it's hard to figure out why there's so much inconsistency there. I feel like he has a lot of potential, um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes if he comes back for another year. But this year, I'd have to give him a C. Yeah, they they, they mentioned that he's going to apply for another year of eligibility. I, I don't really know how that works anymore with the COVID year and transfers and everything. Like I don't know if he's going to get it or not, but... Um, he's going to apply for another year, so we'll see if he comes back. Matt, how do you grade Joey Baker? I've also got him as a C, and I think Joey Baker at this point in his collegiate career is struggling to find like an identity for what kind of player he is, right? Is he a three-point shooter? Is he an inside scorer? You know what I mean? What is he good at doing? And he's flashed some talent at all of those things but at the end of the day i just wish more of his shots went in the in the hoop you know what i mean like it just feels like he's poised for so many like big moments and big shots in which case like maybe like 20 25 of the time he delivers but then the other you're just like ah like he didn't make it so i'm giving him a c we'll see if he comes back and changes anything up a little bit but uh yeah Josh, how do you grade Joey Baker? I'm a little higher. I give him a B minus. Um, I don't think he was that bad. I mean, he seemed very hot and cold. Um, you know, like you saw against Toledo, he had a big game. I think he had a big game against Northwestern. So he seemed kind of like a microwave in a way, is when the way he'd get hot. And in the end, he ended up 
for being like a prime three-point shooter, he ended up being 39% on the year, which is solid. That's pretty solid. Um, so I'd definitely take him back next year if you can get that percentage up into the low 40s and be a legitimate 30 shooting threat for us. And I thought um, he got pretty good at attacking the rim too. You know, kind of sneakily, he would have these takes to the rim that he would convert. So I give him a B minus. Um, the defensive end, I don't think he was terrible. I think he was just kind of average. So B minus for me. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Josh. So I I, I give Joey Baker a B minus. Um, and and part of the reason is you know you, you got to grade a guy based on his expectations. We knew he was going to be coming off the bench. He was kind of billed as this uh, three-point specialist. And so you're like, oh, he's going to be a spot-up-and-shoot-it kind of guy. Well, we got pleasantly surprised at times in the season because not only did he get to the rim and score, like Josh was saying, he was like sneakily good at uh, contesting guys defensively at the rim, right? Like a guy would have a wide-open fast-break layup, and then all of a sudden Joey Baker like swats it into the stands. You're like, what? Like, where did that even come from? So he he appears to be a little bigger than he looks too. Like when he's on the floor, like he he takes up a little more space than you would expect a guy like that too. So he's definitely not like Duncan Robinson 2.0, which is what some of us thought he might be. Uh, he, I, I kind of like him in the starting lineup, if I'm being honest. Like if he comes back next year, I, I would consider him as as that kind of three guard, two guard wing spot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know if I, did I say B minus? I don't even know if I said it, but I give, give him a B minus. Um, and then let's wrap this up with Terrace Reed. I, I, you know, I have Jace Howard, Will Cheddar and Isaiah Barnes on there. We can just, we'll free flow on those guys. Cause they didn't, you know, th- those are kind of the, there's a lot to, to say about those three, but Terrace Reed, I want to get a definite player grade on him. Um, JD, how are you feeling about Terrace? I'm going to give him an A minus. I just thought as a freshman, we also saw him progress all year. And I think he brings the most energy out of anybody on the team. We see him diving for so many loose balls. He's always hustling on defense. I mean, we even saw him improve his free throw shooting over the season, which was like atrocious when he started. And now it's kind of, it's like serviceable now. He It's good enough to get him by. And um, I think that's really impressive. I'm really excited about his growth. and. I think he can learn a lot playing with Hunter Dickinson as well. And um, it was just an impressive freshman year from him. So A minus. Matt? I've also, I've got Terrace pretty high. I've got a B for Terrace. And I think you got exactly as advertised with Terrace Reed all year long. Uh, He was good at the things that you thought he was going to be good at. And he improved on his free throw shooting. So I think another high ceiling to be had for Terrace Reed. So I'm giving him a B. Josh? Yeah, um, I'm with Matt here. I have him at a B. Um, I think the potential, again, like Doug, the potential is there to have some A minus A type seasons. Uh, he was incredible defensively. He, was always, he got a lot of blocks. Um, he got a lot of offensive boards. And I think an underrated aspect of his game was his footwork in the post. It seemed like at times he could like get a nice little pulse hook. I think he might be learning that from Hunter. So you can keep improving that and um, obviously get the free throws maybe into like the high 50s, low 60s. Um, we got ourselves a pretty good center. So and I, lo- I, I really liked it when Juwan would play um, Hunter and Terrace at the same time. I thought that was kind of working well. The spacing worked a little better than last year with Hunter and Lisa, So 
Yeah, that Twin Towers lineup was interesting. And, and uh, rumor, you know, word on the street is uh, this guy BJ Mack from Wofford, who is, he plays kind of like a, a five, you know, he's like a post big man. Uh, Michigan's going after him as well. So it'll be interesting to see if we integrate another uh, big guy down low. For me, Terrace Reed, I also get to be. Um, this has to be the guy that I'm most excited about, along with Doug McDaniel. I, I just have visions of these guys playing four years together and and shaping the program. Um, the, incredibly exciting. He, he's just raw talent. I'm glad that he increased his free throw shooting percentage, right? Because you can't play a guy that's shooting like 30% from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah. But once he once he got it up where he was making making more than he was missing, it was like, okay, you can you can put him on the floor. Um, so the sky is the limit. Uh, big frame, long arms, big hands. He seems to swallow up rebounds. Uh, footwork was great. Josh, you hit the nail on the head there. So a, a lot of upside for Terrace Reed. Um, let's wrap this segment up with a, a question and, and just kind of open form. Feel free to jump in, guys. Who would you like to see get more minutes next year? Uh, granted that, you know, assuming that all four of these guys are back between Jace Howard, Will Cheddar, Isaiah Barnes, and Yo-Yo. What do you guys think? That's a good question, uh, man. It's a tough one. That's a tough yeah. one. Go ahead, Jordy. Well, I would go ahead and say Yusuf Kaya. I feel like we didn't really see much of him at all this year. We just saw him in the Vanderbilt game a little bit, but... Um, I'm just really curious about him. I felt like there was a lot of hype about him last summer when he committed, and um, he seems like he's got like a really good frame of basketball. He's got like an NBA body already. He's he's really tall, long. Um, he just reminds me a lot of like Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, kind of. And I don't know. I think it'd just be really interesting to see what he could do. Um, just seeing his highlights too from when he played in Europe. He he looked really good. Looked like he brought a lot of energy to his team and. I think the team could use that. So I'd like to see how he does. Yeah, I'm with Jordan um, on Yo-Yo. Uh, his tape, his Lebanon tape looked really nice, really impressive. I think um, the reason he really didn't play, he might, I don't know if he had an injury. I heard something about him maybe having an injury. But I, also, I think he just wasn't fully ready. Like, you know, he looks all skinny. He looks out there. You know, he's young. So um, if he can work on beefing up a little bit and um, seeing if he can try to take, he's pretty tall, if he can try to take that power forward spot, um, Will Cheddar, I think, is a great hustle player. I think when he got thrusted in the starting role, he wasn't fully ready yet. So I'd love to see. I'd love definitely love to see Will could keep getting consistent minutes more too, but maybe more off of the bench. So, yeah, I, I'm similar to Josh on that. You know, I'd uh, I'd kind of like to see more of Yo Yo. I think the same things are similarly of Will Cheddar. I think he was kind of sticker shocked a little bit when he was thrust into the starting lineup. And uh, I don't know if that's what you're getting with him on a starting basis going forward, but I mean, he did a lot of things similarly as as T-Will did in that position. So I'm not completely sold on Cheddar. I'd like to see more of Yo-Yo. So we'll see what's to be had with that. Yeah, Yo-Yo, Jace Howard, and Will Cheddar all looked out of control at times this year, right? And 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 that's fine. They're growing. They they're they're finding their rhythm. They all looked a little out of control. Uh, to me, Isaiah Barnes actually looked the most composed when he was on the floor. 
Um, but of those four guys, he's probably got the least like raw talent, if that if that makes sense. Like he and so it, it's tough. I, I think Isaiah Barnes is probably gonna transfer. If I if I were him, I would, honestly. And and I don't I'm not saying I want him to. It's just these guys, they're basketball players. They want to play basketball. I think it's pretty clear at this point that he's he's probably not gonna crack the eight man rotation. So um, I don't know. I mean, I asked that question and I don't even have an answer. I just hope they all get better, right? Like I like right. I I don't really know. And then you got a guy like Greg Glenn the third, who I thought we were gonna see some of this year, who really didn't play much uh once we got into the conference schedule. So that'll be interesting. But I think I speak for all of Michigan Nation when I say thank you to this to this team, even though it was a rough year. We support you guys. Um oh, I tell you what, real quick before I wrap up. Jawan Howard, coaching grade, real quick. JD, <laughs> um, I gotta give him a C minus on this year. I feel like with the talent that he had, how high these recruiting classes have been ranked that he's been pulling in, uh, I just think it's and just the fact that it's Michigan basketball. I think there should be an expectation to make the tournament every year. So I think it's inexcusable with, and especially if they had themselves in the position to win so many games and. They just choked in so many games, and that's also unacceptable. Um, but I'd be willing to give him another year, I think, and see how he does. But this year, I was very let down, C minus. Matt, Juwan Howard. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at how many games that we choked on over the course of this year, and it's almost like inexcusable. Like it has to come down to coaching, right? Because it can't come down. You can't say it comes down to talent or anything like that when you're looking at like 15 games where we were in a position to win handily, like over the entire course of the game. So for me, I mean, I'm certainly willing to give him a, a chance to figure it out, but it really, a, a lot of it has to come down to coaching this year. And you got to take a long look in the mirror. You got to look at like a lot of the development that hasn't been had by some of these talented guys on your roster. You got to do some things differently because at the end of the day, you can't just be a good recruiter and get good names to come in your door. You've got to be good at getting them to play, get good together and getting them to win a basketball game against a substandard good opponent. You know what I mean? So for me, it's a C minus. And hopefully he can get it figured out next year. Yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention, um, I think if he would have been able to get Terrence Shannon to come in, that might have helped him a lot. I, it's not really on him that he wasn't able to come in. So I do feel for him for that because that would have helped this team tremendously. But uh, yeah, just something I wanted to throw in. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Let's just take a moment to publicly call out the Texas Tech basketball coach that didn't let Terrence <laughs> yeah, Shannon he's, he's gone uh, now. He, transfer. He, he, he. He's fired, yeah, so. what is what was his name? Adams Mark or something Adams. Like that? Yeah. Mark Adams. Screw that guy, man. <laughs> let, let, let the kid get his credits. Like, come on, y'all are killing us. Um uh, uh, right, that tweet. That was crazy. About- yeah, Hunter Dickinson <laughs> doesn't care, man. Hunter, HD does not care. Oh my uh, god. Josh, what do you think about Jawan? You guys know how harsh I've been on Jawan this year. And it's just I grew up watching incredible Michigan basketball that competed for Big Ten titles, was making runs in the tournaments. These past two years are just kind of unacceptable for, for me as a fan. I mean, obviously, I'm just a fan, but he gets a C-minus out of me, too. I think his main issues are just roster management and subbing. 
there think about how many times this year we've been watching a game and being like, what the hell is this lineup? You know, and it seems like he never really found like a consistent and you know, he dealt with some injuries, you know, Jeffy and all, all that stuff. We never really found a like consistent lineups that worked. And I think that was for us really frustrating out of us, you know. And I think another thing, I think Juwan's trying to run like NBA sets and play like an NBA team at a school where like Michigan can get NBA talent, but you you're gonna have some guys that are mainly college players, and I don't think it's working very well. So um, either Juwan's got to change his philosophy when it comes to play style or recruiting, one of the two. And you know, like I said, he gets one more year, and then if, he, if it's another year like this next year, I mean, I might be ready to move on. It might be a little harsh, but it needs to be better. Yeah, Josh, you mentioned growing up watching great Michigan basketball. I I would venture to guess that I'm a little bit older than you because I I grew up watching a guy by the name of Tommy Amaker miss the tournament 10 years in a row (laughs) at Michigan. Um, That was was a rough time in Michigan basketball. So I'm just glad that that we're we're doing better than that. But with that being said, um, I'm a Jawan Howard supporter. I love Jawan Howard. I think he's great. Uh, I, I, I will always want him to do better and, and uh, will support the team and, and the head basketball coach. No matter, no matter who's in that seat, actually, I'm going to do the best I can to support them. But with that being said, I give Jawan Howard an F this season. Um, and the, the reason why is you're the, head, you're the head coach. The goal is to make the tournament at least, right? Win the conference, make the tournament. If you miss the tournament, then you failed, right? Like by definition, the head coach failed. And so it, it's nothing against Jawan personally, but you you failed this season. I now you, you couldn't you I, I mean there's a little caveat, right? As a college basketball coach, you also are tasked with the job of raising young men and I and I do believe that Jawan Howard does a good job of that. So props to him uh for that, but on the court uh, the, he gets an F grade from me. Um, all right, enough basketball. Let's let's talk about. Uh, I claimed the hammer. I was say, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. You did. Yeah. You really did, man. I mean, you got you got to call call it call it. it what it is, right? So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about Michigan football recruiting because now it's officially football season. Now, guys, I mean, let's go. I don't know if it's like a. It's like 170 days away, but if you're a Michigan fan, as soon as that basketball team loses, it's football season. Hey, spring now, game, I know two ho- weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two spring weeks. game, two weeks. I know the hockey team is doing well too, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's football season. So, uh, big recruiting weekend. Michigan has 20, or more than 20, uh, high-profile recruits in town. Uh, let's let's just highlight for our listeners a couple of them that are that – are, uh, visiting or have visited recently five-star quarterback Jaden Davis who seems to be the premier recruit that may be the first domino to fall of many if we can get a commitment from him it seemed like he was trending away from Michigan for a while there he's coming back it seems like Michigan is the leader so much so that Sam Webb of 247 and the Michigan Insider crystal balled Jaden Davis to Michigan which that is a very very uh good sign um 
You know, and then in addition to him, we've got a guy that kind of came came out of nowhere for me as a, a four-star running back, that's almost almost five-star level, a guy from Longview, Texas, by the name of Taylor Tatum uh, came out of the woodwork. And all of a sudden, Josh Henschke and uh, I think his name is Mike Roach, the uh, the 247 Longhorns, you know, guy uh, forecasted Taylor Tatum to Michigan as well. So that's what you want to see a high profile quarterback and a high, high profile running back trending towards Michigan. Do you guys feel like, uh, we are over the hump after that really rough 2023 cycle? It feels like we maybe are capitalizing on this college football playoff appearance, right? A hundred percent. Um, you know, we still got that Steve Wilfong CB for Jaden Davis and, um, it seemed like, and then again, nothing against Matt Weiss. It seems like once we brought Kirk Campbell and that recruiting for Jaden Davis just went up, 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 you know, trending in the right direction. And um, Mike Hart, he's learned how to really recruit these big guys. So, you know, if you can get me a borderline five-star out of Texas, give me that all day, every day. I want it. Taylor Tatum and Jaden Davis would be an incredible backfield to have for probably three years, maybe four, but probably three and um, I love like I'd love if we could just land Jaden Davis. You know, he probably waits a year under JJ, just kind of like we did with JJ and Cade, and then boom, he's ready to go. So I, I'm very excited. It seems like recruiting's picking up again, and I think this 2024 class that can be in the top ten for sure. Yeah, I was worried about Jaden Davis recruitment for a little bit when Matt Weiss had his whole situation go down because I heard that he was like the number one recruiter for Jaden Davis at Michigan. Like he was the guy. But they must have found a way to bridge that relationship with Campbell. And it seems like it's going very well, like you said, with the crystal balls and everything. And um, Taylor Tatum, he kind of reminds me almost of Blake Corum when he watches tape a little bit. Um, I'm pretty excited about him. I think Michigan's going to land him. And um, just a huge weekend to have all those guys there together. Um, it's good to have them talking to, to each other, to the recruits, and have some of them help you recruit the other guys. Um, and I think Michigan is over the hump. I think the two playoff appearances just showed that it wasn't a fluke. And I think Harbaugh is here to stay. I don't think he's going to mess around with the NFL anymore. And I think um, they, the recruits know that. And like Josh said, I think we're poised to have a top 10 class right now. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I believe of the uh, of four of like the top um players that were in the like on the visit this weekend i think half of them or something for the top forecasted are already forecasted to come to michigan so i mean that's says something itself already because michigan just up to this point hasn't been good at uh at locking these guys in you know what i mean there's always some shakiness that comes to it during this period of time for michigan wolverines so I think that they're putting themselves in a lot better of a position this time of year around than they were last year. And they're doing several other things with the roster, like the transfer portal. They're getting a lot of guys to come in to complement their roster needs via the transfer portal. Good, solid, high-quality caliber guys that I'm really excited about. So I think in total, when you take into account recruiting, transfer portal, just off-season preparation. I think Michigan's hitting it right on, hitting the nail right on the head as to what it's supposed to have been this entire time. Yeah, another notable visitor is five-star edge Dylan Stewart. 
who on three actually has Dylan Stewart ranked as the number one player in the entire country. Uh, that's a little bit exciting. That's now rivals visit. and two, yeah, rivals and two four seven have him ranked a little bit lower, which is it's always kind of wild to see the discrepancies in these recruiting sites, especially when these guys are young. But if somebody thinks this is the number one player in the entire country, uh, let's get him in in Ann Arbor. Uh, we've also you know of that twenty twenty four class that that 247 ranks as number five currently but we're not popping the champagne yet we've learned from our friends down the road in east lansing you don't you don't celebrate recruiting rankings in the, in the springtime <laughs> nope. but uh but of that you know that 2024 class is looking good and then we've also got we're also front runners for two four-star wide receivers i marion stewart and channing goodwin four-star tight end brady Prescorn, four-star running back brian robertson and another guy that just got crystal balled to Michigan by Sam Webb, four-star linebacker Aaron Childs. So, you know, things are looking up for Michigan football, and uh, that is just what we need after watching that basketball NIT loss. So uh, it'll be exciting to, to see the spring game because we already know Michigan's going to come in ranked in the top three probably uh, next year, definitely top five, maybe top three. Um, so that is exciting, but... uh. You know, for our basketball listeners and basketball fans, we want to end the show today with, uh, you know, some reminiscing about the the glory days of Michigan basketball. And and uh, Matt and I were talking, and we saw the two of you post a really cool graphic on Twitter last week, and and uh, it was like Josh and JD's top five Michigan basketball players, and that got us thinking, right? Like, why don't we? Why don't we all four of us? share our top five Michigan basketball players. But let's in the way I interpreted the list, and I think this is what you guys did as well, which is um, guys that you remember playing at Michigan. So for, for any of our listeners out there uh, that were alive and of age when Glenn, uh, Glenn Rice and, and Jalen Rose and Chris Weber were around, like, don't, don't yell at us. Okay. Like, we're, we, you know, I, I'm in my thirties. Matt's in his thirties. I, I, I'm, I think the two of you are in your twenties. Is yep. that right? Yeah. So, so we just, yeah, we love, we love the fab five. We love the 89 national championship team. It's hard for us to remember those <laughs> things. Okay. So, um, top five Michigan basketball players, we'll just go around, um, and, and each personal can give their whole top five at once. Um, I'll tell you what, let's mix it up a little bit here. Uh, let's start with Josh. All right. Um, my number one's pretty easy decision is Trey Burke. Um, he was on really the first like Michigan basketball team, Michigan, really Michigan sports team. I ever really remember competing for a national title. So that's just like a core memory for me. The shot versus Kansas, the steel versus Michigan state. Um, number two, and I know this is kind of like a, I, mean, I don't know if it's unpopular, but I have Glenn Robinson the third. Um, the, remember this is 13 year old me watching this team and, <laughs> 13-year-old me seeing Den Glenn Robinson throw down 360 dunks, I thought that was awesome. And he was just such an electric, fun player to watch. I know he wasn't, like, the best player stats-wise and or on, that, on those teams, but he was such an exciting player. So that's why he's so high for me. Um, my number three, I got, I got Isaiah Livers. Um, really one of the most consistent players of the D-line era, really, I thought. D-line and Juwan, actually. Um, 
when the coaching switch happened, he continued producing. He had such a sweet jump shot. He did everything right. Was a great defender. Um, so it's, I'm very happy to see him playing well in the NBA for the Pistons. My number four is on um, Mo Wagner, absolute villain, owned Sparty, <laughs> behind the back ankle breaker against Nick Ward, such an iconic moment, and of course being the leader on that 2018 um, national championships team was so fun. And then my fifth is uh, Nick Stauskas, who I think is honestly has one of the more underrated player of the year campaigns in the Big Ten. He was incredible that year, and um, to be honest, I think Michigan was the best team in the country that year, and they, if they don't lose off, off that incredible shot by Aaron Harrison, they win the Natty that year. So that's my top five. That is a strong top five. Matt Hartwell, let's see if you can top that. Do you remember Kazzy Russell and Rudy Tomjanovich playing? Or, or no? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, to start out, I mean, I feel like it's just by default that Trey Burke is number one on everybody's list. And uh, if, if he's not, you're probably just not even a human being. <laughs> but Michael, you've probably got somebody besides Trey Burke <laughs> number one on your list or something crazy like that. But I've got Trey Burke, number one, uh, on my list. Number two, I've got a guy that played right alongside Trey Burke. Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, sharpshooter, you know what I mean? He was right there along with the, that success from uh, those uh, Big Ten tournament runs. And a little sloppy start during his freshman campaign, but he really came along uh, at the end of his freshman season helped us obtain that four seed spot in that tournament. And uh, he was just critical and all of my core memories that are associated with that whole Trey Burke era. So those two, uh, the dynamic duo one and two for me. Number three, Josh, I love your pick of Isaiah Livers. Uh, he almost cracked my top five for all those same reasons. But my number three, I've got Muhammad Ali Abder yep. Rahman. Uh, Mr. Consistent, so defensively tough, always first to pass the ball um, during that uh, that stretch where we competed for a national championship. I always envisioned him as one of my favorite players during that stretch of success. And, uh, you know, that that pass uh, for to Jordan Poole to drain that shot had to come from Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, and uh, he was just one of my favorite guys growing up. So, uh, long term starter at Michigan. I think during his time there, uh, broke the amount of games played by a Michigan basketball player, which would eventually be broken by Xavier Simpson, if I'm not mistaken. And then Eli Brooks. But he's I think, very I high. Think up. Eli Brooks Brooks I think Eli's got ended it up because of his COVID in. year. Yeah. 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 Yes. I think he's got it now. And uh, <clears throat> number three or number four, Duncan Robinson. Uh, I think this guy just had such a great story. I think he's like still the only like division three athlete to like eventually be offered a D1 scholarship. Uh, he like unlocked my love for three point shooting when I started like playing basketball, like on a, a just a messing around recreational type basis, but uh. You know, I, I really love Duncan Robinson, his whole entire story from his time at Michigan to his career with Miami, everything for me. It's just awesome. 
And then uh, number five, similarly to y'all's list, I've got Stauskas on there as well. That kid was just, uh, he was like uh, like Jason Williams or something <laughs> during his time at Michigan, just making ex- insane passes, making insane jump shots, always a guy for the big moment, uh, an electric player during that period of time for me to watch. So number five, Nick Stauskas. Man, these are a, there's a lot of really good names going on here. And, um, you know, since it's my podcast, it's me and Matt's podcast, I can cheat. I can break the rules here. Uh, Matt and I always do this. Um, yeah, we said top five, but I'm going to I'm going to name like 17 guys. Right. Because I just can't <laughs> I can't help it. But um, so I'm going to go five to one. But let me start off with some honorable mentions here. I got to think back to Manny Harrison, Deshaun Sims. Like I, I desperately wanted to put them on the list because they like helped get us back. And then to that that Stu Douglas, Zach Novak team, right? Like those guys deserve props too. Uh, Derek Walton Jr. deserves props. And then I didn't put Isaiah Livers on my list or Jordan Poole, but obviously those guys deserve props as well. At number five for me is the most underrated Michigan basketball player in history, a guy by the name of Jordan Morgan. Yes. I absolutely loved his game because he did all the little things that it took to win games, right? He was he was not the uh, star of, of those teams that he was on, but he was the reason that we won so many games. So number five, Jordan Morgan. Number four, I agree with Matt. I put Tim Hardaway Jr. on my list. I, that was the guy I was really surprised, uh, Josh and JD, when I saw your graphic. That was the guy that was yeah, he was the guy that was missing, and I was like, man, I yeah, I don't know, like Tim Hardaway Jr. has got to be there. Um, number three for me, Mo Wagner. Um, now would be a good time to shout out Franz as well, but I think we all agree, Mo like Mo was like that dude on the team. He was for different. Sure. Uh, num- number two is uh, our 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 Jeff Johnson, Captain Hook himself. Uh, Xavier Simpson. I just I can't get enough Xavier Simpson in my life. He was just the floor general for four years, um, and just a very unique player, right? Like he he was one of those guys that you'll always remember for how unique he was. And then number one on my list is Evan Smotrich. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> number one on my list is <laughs> Trey Trey Burke himself. Uh, Trey Burke, of course, has to be number one. Michigan, I know you guys are not fans of hanging jerseys and rafters for guys that didn't graduate, but I need to start a petition or something because Trey Burke's jersey has to hang. I will sign that. I will sign that all day. (laughs) Definitely. Like, we got to retire Trey Burke's jersey, but uh, man, what it's always fun listing guys out. And I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I really am. I think we're trending in the right direction. We've talked a little bit on this podcast about uh, George Washington III and Papa Conte coming next year. Those are some great names. I can't wait to say those every week. Um, and then we'll see, you know, between Kobe, Jet, and Hunter, we'll see if any any of them choose to come back. It looks like Hunter Dickinson might because he's not expected to be drafted super high or in the first round. But um I tell you what, let's, you know, uh, March Madness is about to kick back off. It's Sunday right now, and we're, we got some games tipping off. Let's, 
Let's wrap this thing up real quick with uh, who you got winning the Natty. I had UCLA. I just think that that core of guys they've had on their team has been around together for so long. Paquez and Tiger Campbell, and um, who I can't remember his name. He's number number five, but he's he was balling last night, hitting all these big shots, and uh, I just really like their team. I think they're going to go all the way. I'm Ryan with Houston still. And, uh, oh, yeah. my bad, buddy. I've got Alabama still. Most of my brackets that I initially filled out have had uh, Alabama winning it all. Also, I'm I'm big on Houston, so we'll see how all that plays out. But, I mean, I just haven't really been paying attention to much of my projections because all of my brackets are fucked. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, I don't have anybody. I mean, like Kansas, uh, Purdue, Arizona are all all made up like my Elite Eight in some form of all of my brackets. There was at least one of those in there. So I haven't been paying too much attention, but I'm still thinking a higher seeded team uh, ends up taking this one. Yeah, I'm riding with Houston. Um, they, it looks like they hung on without Sasser. So if Sasser's back, I'm even more confident with them. Um, so yeah, Houston Cougars all the way. Uh, I think um, they're just such a strong defensive team, and I love defensive teams in the tournament. So, and I've got the the good old Texas Longhorns taking it down. I I like I always look for a team that plays good defense, uh, is very team oriented, and has just like a stud, smaller uh, point guard, and and Marcus Carr on Texas looks really good. So I. I think Texas is gonna is gonna take it, but that's just me. My my final four is still alive, which is kind of cool with with uh, two number one seeds going down, and I still got my final four. So anyway, um, you can find me on Twitter at Wolverine Cron, and my website is WolverineChronicle.com. Matt, you're doing some cool stuff with Mason Brew. Where can guys find you? Yeah, they can find me personally uh, at my personal Twitter handle at Maze Crusader or any of the content that we're putting out at Maze and Brew on Twitter as well. You can also read any of the wonderful blogs that they're putting out at Maze and Brew at mazeandbrew.com. And Josh, how can people follow you? Yeah, I'm just following me at UM Fan Ogdale. Getting close to 10K. I'd love to hit it soon. Um, so if you guys could, I'd, I would appreciate it. So yeah. This is UM Fan Ogdale, A-U-G-D-A-H-L. Get out there and, and follow Josh, people. Come on. This man's almost at 10K. Like get the get this guy to 10K. And then and then JD, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at mgojdblue. Um I'm also I made an Instagram page for it. Having trouble keeping up on that right now, but you can follow me there too, same handle. So heck yeah. Well, you guys are doing great work. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome to be around like-minded Michigan fans. You're welcome back on the pod anytime. Um, I think I speak for Matt as well when I say just thank you so much. And it was, it was nice to get to know you guys, uh, for anybody out there, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, go ahead and smash that subscribe button, stay up to date on what's going on with Michigan football and basketball here on the big house bleachers podcast. Go blue. Go blue. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>